Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I have a special guest today. Her name is Don Damon. She is an influencer, pastor, global communicator, podcaster, coach, and best-selling author for over 20 years. Dawn is the founder and CEO of The Bravehearted Woman, a transformational coaching and personal growth development enterprise designed to awaken and cultivate the vision of women dreamers. I love that. Calling them to braven up and live their best lives. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Dawn. Thank you, Teresa. I have been so looking forward to our conversation today. I have too. I love what you do. Um, I, I love that uh, you call it braving up. I hadn't thought about that before. I'm an <laughs> idea person. That's really good. Um, yeah. yeah. Before we get into it, let, let's just give the listeners um, some of your background, where you grew up and, and what your life was like and where are you now as far as location? Okay. Yes. Well, I didn't go far in terms of logistics. I'm still in West Michigan. I grew up here in West Michigan in a very conservative and religious community called mm-hmm. Grand Rapids. Okay. And um, yeah, my early childhood was beautiful, playful, innocent, you know, very loving. But somewhere in the early adolescence, that all changed when trauma hit my home. My parents separated and I would be reclassified as a survivor of sexual trauma. And that is when a lot of things changed for me and my identity and my self-esteem and sensing any type of purpose or plan from God. I just thought, oh, I'm just going to be a shameful girl living in the shadows of life. Mm, How old were you then, Dawn? You know, I don't remember the first incident, Mm -hmm. but I believe that I was probably about 10 or 11 years old, and I experienced trauma until I actually got out of the home, and that was at 18 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. During during the time, of course, you know, things are a little different now, I I feel like, um, when you know, I'm hoping that early teens and children can reach out to someone and talk to them and let them know, but sometimes they don't. But but then did you reach out to anyone as a child and let them know yeah. what was going on? No, I didn't. You know, I had a secret that I thought was just, you know, it's the classic symptom. It's my fault. Maybe I've done something. And that yet... I knew somehow that wasn't true, mm-hmm. but what probably the bigger lie that really trapped me was that I would break up the family system and it would be all my fault and I and no one would talk to me again and I would be the reason why everything blew up and I just couldn't take that risk. I needed my home, I needed my parents, my sisters and so it was my mission that I would never speak of it again. And it wasn't until my early adulthood where I finally began to speak about it mm-hmm. and then soon discovered I was not alone. Were you going to church then? Like, what did your family take you to ter- church? Were you raised in a Christian home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We were going to church. We were, I, the home was Christian until mm-hmm. it wasn't. You know, my dad became 
I'm an alcoholic and there were struggles. So there was two Christian people mm-hmm. trying to do their best with their baggage and their hurts and their wounds. So the Christian home, yeah, not so much. Did we, Were we believers in God? Yes, but we had chaos in our house. It was toxic. But on Sunday, <laughs> Teresa, mm-hmm. on Sunday, we we had our stuff together. We smiled. We were in the music ministry. My dad was a Sunday school teacher. My mom was choir director. And we sat in the row on church and we were beautiful young girls that um, obeyed and were very, you know, religious. So we did our thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a, isn't that just such a, a classic story? Yes. Um, been in the ministry long enough now and worked with so many survivors. It's like, it's just the way it went down. And some, in some ways that kind of uh, perpetuated the lies because it was too risky to really tell. Yes. Okay. So obviously you went into ministry work. Did you do that out of high school going into college or how did that all come about? So the story is, you know, just be got out of the house and I did not want to go back. So I got married because that's the solution. Let's just get married. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) And that'll fix everything. (laughs) And what I discovered was, you know, it's not over when it's over. And Mm -mm. so I I was a special needs wife. I was a broken girl who had so much anger. And then when I got in that safe place, that's when all the memories and the pain and the post-traumatic stress uh, began to really wreak havoc on me. And my husband at the time really became the new perpetrator, not to any fault of his own. I just put all that anger on him. You're a man. Mm -hmm. All you want is this. You don't love me. And I just let all that anger go that way. But when I was 21, 22, we were on the brink of divorce because I was a very wounded person. And he was a very young, um, immature man. He didn't have a clue really what to do with me or his own life. Mm -hmm. But um, we got saved. We got born again, like radically. I love Jesus at eight, but I mean, like rededicated. And I was so angry at God and when I met the Lord, it just uh, it was different, filled with the Holy Spirit, just came into the fullness of God. And and I would weep and weep and weep, just liquid tears of healing. And God really set me free. And that's when I knew uh, the call of God was on my life. He hadn't given up on me. I wasn't damaged goods. I wasn't beyond the reach of his grace. And I could actually find my voice and use the gifts that he had given me to be in the ministry. So I signed up for Bible school. Oh, wow. So you you stayed married. Is that correct? I stayed married. We were married for 28 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my 40s, that my marriage did end. And I think ultimately it still did end as a result of the early foundation being broken up, which led to my husband's uh, struggle with pornography and things like that. And eventually he left the marriage. So it, it just was a... As much as we were, we were in God's grace and his healing, but at the same time, that human factor and the enemy just got a hook in, in my spouse and, you know, drug him off to greener pastures. So, mm-hmm. but God, you know what? Sometimes somebody leaving your life is just God bless you because That's the true. Lord so much wonderful things for me. I didn't realize 
really honestly how much uh, living in financial abuse, emotional abuse. And I just took it, you know, because I wanted to, I wanted to keep my family together. So a lot happened in my forties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously you're <clears throat> an ordained minister with a special emphasis in trauma support and biblical counseling. So how did you use that to help women overcome abuse and trauma? Well, absolutely was just my passion. And I began to sense it. I could see it. And as I would speak about it, and God just called me to kind of open up my life and share my story, then I would be caught into the secret recesses of the church in this corridor, in this little closet, in these shadows. And people would say, that's my story. Please help me. That's Mm -hmm. my story. Or I would even have perpetrators tell me, I did that to my daughter. What oh, can wow. I do? What should I do? Yeah, those were the tough ones. And I would have um, husbands say, my wife is a survivor and we have no relationship. And uh, can you help her? And so I wanted to offer the best that I could to women. So I became a certified coach, of course, an ordained minister. Primarily, Teresa, I was called to preach the word of God. Mm-hmm. I just love preaching the word of God, male or female. But I wanted that special emphasis because I knew I would never depart from that passion of just seeing people in this arena getting set free. You know, so many women a- and men have dealt with trauma for the majority of their lives. And, you know, if, if someone's listening right now, Don, how do they get help? What do they do? Yeah, well, first of all, find a trusted resource and make sure that you tell someone what you're experiencing. Someone safe who can accommodate the information till you're ready because I'm afraid that if I told someone, I wouldn't be able to control the narrative at that point. It would just take on a life bigger than me. And, and that probably was true. But tell someone and then find that counsel of what your next steps should be and what actions you should take. And if there's litigation involved, or if it's just something that this was years ago, and I just need healing and recovery. So there's a lot involved in it. But your first step is to find a trusted resource and talk about it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. My guest today, Don Damon. She's an influencer, po- pastor, global communicator, podcaster, coach, and best-selling author for over 20 years. And in this segment, we're going to talk about her newest book that's coming out. But Don, I want to ask you when and why did you start writing? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Well, uh, as a child, I always that I wanted to write. I loved books. I devoured them. But we just talked about the trauma that I experienced and a lot of the gifts and a lot of the unction and a lot of my purpose just went dormant. After my divorce, when I was 48 years old, I was like hurled into a world that I didn't know. And so I had to start taking some brave action and do something new. And so I got invited to go to a writer's retreat. And I thought there's no reason for me to go. (laughs) I was doing a little bit of writing, but uh, so I went. And when I went, all of those dormant seeds were awakened. The dream, the inspiration, it all came flooding back to me. 
And I wrote my first book when I was 50 years old. So shout out to all the women that think it's too late. It's never too late. (laughs) You are so right. It is not. It's not too late. I know I teach uh, faith-based fitness classes and um, I, I tell the ladies in there, it's never too late. You're right. That's right. And I love that you do that, by the way. I'm a huge advocate for that and love keeping my body moving. And the great quote, if you rest, you will rust. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's so true. (laughs) Yes. Keep it moving. That's right. But I, um, I will also tell you that when I was in my marriage, there was many painful times and Part of it was I, my husband didn't understand me as a survivor. I barely understood me. But as I started doing this work in trauma and recovery, I understood that I was very classic, that I'm unique to me, but really common to what happens. And so I just had wished there was a book I could put in the hand of my husband to say, this is me, my heart. This is what happened. These are the symptoms. This is why when you touch me, I go through the roof. If I if it's in the middle of the night and I'm not prepared for it, please, please love me enough to get this. He did not, but that didn't stop me from that desire. So my first book out of the gate was to tell my story, but I wrote it for husbands and it's called When the Woman You Love Has Been Abused, A Husband's Guide to helping his wife heal from sexual trauma. Oh, wow. And it's on the focus on the family reading recommended list. I still get letters. In fact, I just got one from a husband this last week saying, thank you for writing this book. And I just wanted men to know if you have a wife that is a trauma survivor or you yourself and the both of you are trying to make a marriage work, here's the areas that you're going to struggle and have pain with. So that is why I started writing Then as things went on, my writing developed into wanting to heal survivors to ministering freedom, which was a couple of other books, and now into empowerment. Like, okay, we've done the healing work. We've done the recovery. Now let's get on with our mindset and vision for the future and live this life with the fullness and the abundance that Jesus wants us to have. Amen. Don, let me ask you this. Sure. People are listening and they're like, okay, I, I, I need to get her book. I need to order her book. Um, and let's say they're a survivor of trauma, or like you said, a husband is listening. Mm. Do they need, do they need extra, more extra help than that? They're going to read your books and mm-hmm. they're going to be helped. Yes. Do they also need to re- reach out for counseling or because I know so many people do not. So I'm just asking you that just off the cuff. Yeah, absolutely. They do. I think what my book will do for you is give you permission to recognize that all the things that you think are secret secrets and they're painful and you're embarrassed and there's so much shame around this. And you're a husband who has a wife that won't give you affection or love. She doesn't not want to. She just can't. Um, but she could. So yes, it's going to give you vocabulary. It's going to empower you to reach out and get that help because you're going to learn while I'm going to give you a lot of points and, and help the light's going to go on. You're going to say, wow, I'm not alone. In fact, I used to do a support group with just husbands, not doing that right now, but you're definitely going to want to get someone to help you navigate this. Absolutely. 
Okay. And could your book possibly be used as a Bible study? Yes, I've heard from people who do use it as a Bible study. Then I did write the one for the woman herself. Mm-hmm. She can use that as a healing guide. In fact, it, it's triggering a little bit. So it's good to have somebody go through you if some of your symptoms or trauma or memories start to come back or some of those, you know, um, triggers arise that you're not alone. And so, but it's trauma informed writer. So I don't re-victimize the readers. It's carefully done. I believe God really gave me grace. And I knew if I was triggered, I'd be like, Oh, I got to rewrite that. I can't hardly write this chapter right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but, but I believe it, that, that healing is so available and God wants to bring us through. It's not this thing that we should stay silent about. It's something that we should raise our voice, open up our heart and let the healing of Jesus come in. Amen. Okay. Let's talk about your new book that's coming out. Tell us about it. Yes. Well, the title is The Making of a Bravehearted Woman, Courage, Confidence, and Vision in Midlife. So noticing as I'm aging, okay, and I'm just feeling like I'm getting this fresh start. I'm writing books. I'm traveling. I I, I have romance. I have an amazing husband now that is in uh, just by my side in the ministry, has his own business, etc. I'm just feeling like, wow, we're just getting started. And yet I'm noticing in my circle are not tackling midlife mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. This season of life, and they're giving up, they're quitting, they're letting go. You know this, right, of their bodies and their minds. They're not learning anymore. They don't have any vision. And you ask them, hey, what's new? Oh, you know, nothing much. I'm like, Lord Jesus, please deliver me from the nothing much crowd. Amen. I I never want to say nothing (laughs) much. (laughs) No, we should always be learning every single day. Every right. single day and trying something new. And I know I, I just landed on 60, Don, and I'm like, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Yes. I'm like, Lord, let's go. And yes. you've got to keep moving and, and you've got to keep dreaming. And, you know, it, it's not over till it's over. So That's I, right. I love what you're doing. I absolutely love yeah. it. So Thank to you. you, you're welcome. What does it mean to be brave? Well, you know, I figured out when I became divorced, I was so afraid to face life. And I had been afraid, even though I was used, I believe, mightily by God in the ministry. That was familiar. And I knew it. I could cast out devils and, you know, go after things. And like I was this bold person got out of my circle. And I'm like, oh my word, I'm so afraid. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I do. Cause you know what, Teresa, after I lost my marriage, when my husband left, I lost my job as well. Mm-hmm. I had hit a pinnacle in my career, but I was in the church. And so I was asked to step down. Oh, so, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot going on right there. Yep. That was a lot. And um, that's just what we, we, we did back then, you know, when we know better, we do better, but you know, whatever I'm it's I'm at peace with it but I felt hurled into a brave new world like I didn't know what to do and so you talk about reinvention and so I discovered for me 
I really had to dig down by the power of the Holy Spirit. I had to find my fortitude and my grit and my guts to unleash an authentic new me because, yeah, Pastor Don just went through a divorce. I just couldn't hardly handle that. Like I walked around feeling like that woman with the, you know, big capital D on her. Mm. So I'm like, no, I'm not defined by my past. I didn't let sexual abuse define me and I'm not letting divorce define me. God, what do you have for me? How can I serve you? So brave to me is inner courage and fortitude of the heart and what it took me to look myself in the mirror every morning and say, girl, you got this. All right, let's take another real quick break and we'll be right back with more Shape by Faith. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. So Don, you're telling us about your new book. What's the name of it again? The Making of a Bravehearted Woman. Love it. You know, whenever you say bravehearted, I think of the Lion of Judah. I just think of the Lion of Judah, just that bold braveness, but at the same time, so caring and so compassionate. Why do midlife women need to be brave or any woman for that matter? Really, for that matter. Well, like I said, it takes courage to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, what is my life supposed to be about? And especially in midlife to stay the leading lady of your life and not slip into invisibility. So many women feel irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And the easy path into the future is undoubtedly just to hang up our heels, retire our badge and say, let the young women take their turn. Now I've done my job. And we excuse ourselves from kind of like center stage of our own life. But here's the opportunity. It's both of our turns. Help the young women in their way. But stay the leading lady in your story. Learn what it means, what it takes to get that courage and don't become a background actor. Stay the star of your show and say, God, how do you want to use me at this season of my life? And I talk about the fact that that takes fortitude. It really does. And you have to know that we're supposed to be the example and mentoring others and discipling others. And how are we going to do that in the back seat? We can't. There's no way. We can't. Uh-uh. Right. So you exactly. mentioned five fortitudes in your book. What are they? Yes. Well, they're, I'm going to make it easy. It's going to spell brave. Oh. So the five fortitudes, and again, fortitude, the grit, the strength, the courage of heart. The first one is bold vision. If you mm. see nothing, you can expect nothing. But to live your best life, you need that vision from God. For without a vision, we will perish. And he does have greatness in store. The second one is real identity. So the most important element of personal development is identity. Like, how do you define yourself? What do you believe about yourself? I'm the kind of person that what? I'm the kind of person that keeps reaching for dreams no matter what. You know, get that identity. Are you living your dream or are you living somebody else's? Mm, so be mm-hmm. authentic. And then able mindset. That's the A. Um, I, I think it, yes, it was Henry Ford. He said, those who think they can and those who think that they can't are both right. And That's so good. That's true. What do you, right? Yeah. So do you, I talk about seven mindsets that you have to possess to be successful. An able mindset that says, I can through Jesus Christ. The V in brave stands for virtuous talk. Teresa, do you know how many people curse themselves with their mouths? Yes, I do. 
pants and they're <laughs> self pockets. So I encourage women to make sure they listen to the words coming out of your mouth. What if I said to you that everything that you say today could come to pass? Is it what you want? Stop tearing yourself down and build yourself up with words of faith that are virtuous and beautiful. And then excellent habits. You can do all the right things, but if you don't have action, then what does it matter? So show me your habits and I'll predict your future. Success is simply powerful habits bringing you to a desired destiny. So those are the five fortitudes that we talk about in our book. That is so good. So what do you hope women take away from your new book? They rise to their design. I hope they find their brave and live their vision and get out of a comfort zone. It's an adventure. Life is an adventure. We only we only get one life and we want to make it beautiful. In fact, this is an interesting statistic. There was a gentleman who surveyed executive men over 70 and women who had retired. And he said, What's, what would you do differently? And they simply said, I would have set bigger goals and taken faith. So mm. I would hope that women would stop saying yes to the wrong thing, stop being invisible, shake off the slumber. I hope that I'm an alarm clock to sleeping dreams to say, wake up to your best life. This is your greatest season. So Don, when are you going to take this on the road? <laughs> as soon as God <laughs> opens the door, the I'm brave ready. tour. <laughs> yes. Help me. New Let's woman tour. It. Yeah, I would love to do that. It needs to go on the road. It, it really yeah. does. Women need to know that they matter. Wake mm -hmm. up, keep moving and keep dreaming. Yes, yes. I love that. You've motivated me and I'm Holly and I motivated the other people, you know, my classes. And so it's like, yes, yes I want to do this. Yes. Um, amen. I'm motivated too. Yes. So besides your new tour, what's next for you? <laughs> That's it. I, I do the podcast and I love that. And I think at this season of my life also, I'm ready to start a mastermind of elite. When I say that word, hungry women mm -hmm. who are still believing God for really great things. I want to be a cheerleader of their dreams and motivate them and um, so, yeah, I'm ready to be around the movers and shakers. And maybe this is the Brave Woman Tour. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So how do you want to end? We've got like 30 seconds. The floor is yours, Don. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. I just put you, <laughs> put you in the spot, didn't I? That's okay. I got it. I got it. We got 30 seconds. We've got about okay, 15 me. seconds now. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we still going? Yeah. Yeah, we're still going. We're still on the air. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, how I want you to, how I want to end this would just be to say, woman, this is your time. It's your turn now. It's okay. You have put yourself first. God's got great things in store for you. Don't live full, live empty, every song, every book, every vision that you have fulfilled. Amen. Don, thank you so much. You were so enjoyable to chat with. I loved our conversation. Thank you so much. And you too. I'm just thrilled with the opportunity, Teresa. God bless you and all that you do.
Thank you. And God bless you. And thank you for listening to Shape by Faith. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.